0: Now we can to try without the mic.
1: So let's
0: do it the masses. Klal throw is feeling a lot. Anybody who's watching our people, we're feeling, and it's something that people are connecting to very, very deep feelings inside of ourselves. We're, we're, we're looking very deeply inside of ourselves. That's what's going on out there. In here, that's what's going out, shouldn't say out there, in here, by our people. People are feeling. And there's a tremendous, tremendous desire as we feel more and are in touch with all different parts within, inside ourselves. We want a Torah. We want Yiddishkeit to go to every part of our Pneumas. We're craving, as we're discovering new parts, feelings, and different places inside of ourselves. we're craving that the Torah itself should enter every single part of our mitzayas. That when we learn a Pasuk, when we learn a Chazal, we should make a deep and profound connection to the Psukim, a deep and profound connection to the words of Chazal. I wanted to say on behalf of everybody here, a tremendous thank you to the Ruv, to Rabbi Zakatinsky Schlinko. I appreciate that the, all of us appreciate Whoa! the Ruv hosting us on this precious night of Hanukkah, the fourth night of Hanukkah hosting us in, in in a place that's about Bikush, that's about searching and seeking and in a deep way connecting to Dvar Hashem, connecting to Torah and putting it in all different parts. The Yantav of Chanukah is very, very connected to Torah Shabal Pe, which is the Torah that resides in every, in every part of our hearts, in every part of our essence. A parent, last year, Rai Shapiro gave a speech in front of the parents. And he said a Shira Shapiro by us is somebody who connects to Torah, to pnimius at Torah. He has a Torah that he, that he connects to in a very deep, deep way. And anybody watches him on a Chanukah, on a Shabbos, at a tefillah, there's something very profound that he connects to. After he spoke in yeshiva, a parent told me, wow, that man knows how to speak. As if they were experiencing his oratory skills. What an orator! What a, and the reality was he was just telling a story. Right? Shapiro, when he when he speaks, you get to experience how he connects to Torah. You get to experience how he brings the Torah into himself, and literally connects, marries Torah, and it goes through his insides, and he connects the Torah. So it's really a chos to be hosted by a rav who is sharing Torah, a Torah that people are connecting to and getting excited by and can, can, can get excited about, can feel close to the Torah, can feel that, they, that it means something and it permeates their whole inside. The rav is somebody teaching such a Torah. And I wanted to thank the rav and look forward to hearing Divrei Torah. I wanted to give a couple of thank yous. I look forward to hearing the retire. I also want to share something with first. The Rav will share the retire. Then I'll share the advertire. But I wanted to thank Revari Weiss. I wanted him to thank for arranging tonight. Kavid, the fact that Rav is at the forefront of a revolution of Kavayd, of honor and dignity to every Yid, and the fact that he's at the forefront of such a revolution, it's, it goes hand in hand that there's a revolution of honor and dignity to every Yid, and we're discovering our pnimius, we're feeling more, we're getting into our own insides, and the pnimius Atayr, which of course goes together, these two things go hand in hand. The Nishama is called Kvaydi, Ura Kvaydi. And to see somebody's premiums is to respect them and appreciate them and to value a person. Revari is covered that he's naive to each person. The giving is incredible. But the giving that he has is from our Ramavinu type of giving. That is from a place people can give from a place of pity. You can help Yana Nebuch, that's not the Messiah of Chesed from Avram Avinu. The Messiah of Chesed from Avram is Ado my masters. He looks at other people and sees Tzelem Kim, sees Premier, sees an Neshama, sees something precious. Aryeh's giving is done with a tremendous amount of covered. A person doesn't feel like a Nebuch, none of us. We feel like we deserve it because a Chiddush we do. Bakr texted me last night about Rav A guy texted Ooh. me. I don't get why I deserve it. That's what he texted. I don't get why I deserve it, but he was Yairid that he deserves it. It wasn't the kasha. I don't get. I'm trying to figure. What, wow. And he'll learn that he deserves it because we're wow. precious, because we're we're we're, we're the bottom of Hashem. We're a precious, precious Uma by our nature, by who we are. And Rav Aryeh's kindness that comes from a place of tremendous appreciation to each person, you could see chesed in the world that destroys people. There's a chesed you see whole societies that are hurt by kindness because they're treated as nebuchs and you can experience such chesed. Avraham Avinu's chesed at the end of the Suda, a guy thanked him, he pointed to the Shemayim and the guy was a Mayman. Just so, he started the Suda, he wasn't a Maiman. He went through Chesed, and the person was a different mensch. The Chesed of Avram because he saw your preciousness, because you deserve it, because he was Neshtoymim from you. So then, after you, re- you were a recipient of such Chesed, you sense, "Why I Taka I, I deserve this? There's Taka Raimimus. There's a preciousness to me." Avram Avinu would feed people and take care of them, and at the end, they were all from me, They were God fearing and close to Hashem. bakr told me two weeks ago. That two years ago, I went on a trip with Avarye Weiss. He told me I wasn't putting on tefillin ever. Except for the last two years, I haven't missed tefillin since the trip. Wow. He gets skiing and the guy's putting on tefillin. Mayin Shemitah, it's What's going on? He's skiing in Utah and he's wearing tefillin for two years. Every single day, he puts on tefillin. Because he felt, he felt his honor was aroused. He felt that he's somebody precious, worthy of dignity. He, there's, some, there's a lot to him. That person felt very connected to tefillin. And Adayoy doesn't miss a day of putting on tefillin. So I wanted, on behalf of everybody here, to thank Raval Arya for all the kindness and deeper yet, all the respect. <laughs> <everybody>. <laughs> I want them the last thank you before we're zaychiriyah divrei Torah from Zakatensky, from the Rav is A tremendous thank you to every single person who's here. Really, my my cheshek. Maybe even this should come before the Divray Torah. I'd like to go name by name. I push upon it. Speak about Gai Shoshan for a few minutes. Ari Ben Shmuel. The MSA come. We should speak about the Hevra, Yizmo. We should go guy by guy Yosef. should push it. Note. We should go person by person Akiva. We should speak about maybe Every person kulam b'shem asikro. Tremendous appreciation. Yo yo, you came in. Tremendous appreciation that we all that we all came together. Each person is necessary. Each person's indispensable. I remember Rabbi Russ, a rebbe in the yeshiva trying to describe to a what it means when he misses, he wasn't joking. He said, I beg you, he was begging the guy, throw spitballs in shear, jump on the table, stand on my head, whatever you want, just come to Sheer. I need you. You're not replaceable in Sheer. you're not replaceable. Each person adds and brings. It's a tremendous appreciation that every single person is here. Everybody should be zayche, all of us, should be zayche in a very meaningful way. To connect to Taira Hashem, to put it through our systems, to recognize that our preciousness and the preciousness of Taira belong together. Without further ado, let's hear Devrei Taira from the Rav Shlita.
1: Wow.
2: I'm afraid a kind of the everybody. I'm afraid of the Hanukkah. You know, I'll tell you the truth. One of my, you know, people have hobbies. They, uh, people collect uh, bottle caps or whatever. Or stamps. I like having connections with Tzadikah. That's, that's something wow. that I like. That's one of my personal hobbies. And, you know, when you have a hobby in something, so if your Indian is collecting stamps, then you become a shlil and stamps. And you can just, you know, when you see a stamp and pass it passes by your oh, you can tell, you know, that's probably That's a push of a stamp or a bottle can. So, listen, I'm not an expert in anything, but, you know, it is a hobby of mine to connect with Tzadik And we got a big Tzadik right over here. We got a very, Whoa! very
1: big Tzadik.
2: Right <laughs> Rabbi Kavish. Rav is God. not a, not a of the I mean, You all know this. He's not a simple Jew. And the greatness of him is that the more you talk about how great he is, the less he understands what you're talking about. Like, oh, he thinks of himself as mashiv po shem. That's his greatness. i sure sure each and every one of us that we should be have a that we should be able to find ourselves in him, him in ourselves, and with that we should be able to grow together.
1: Amen.
2: Okay, so let me share with you a quick thought. And really, what I'm saying right now is really. It's less of a Torah, it's more of its feeling. So should we be like this. You know, everyone has their favorite yantiv, you know? Everyone has their favorite yantiv, their yantav they personally connect to. Some people, uh, they have Sukhid, some people, they have Pesach, and so on and so on. If you have to pick one yantiv that of Sechassides, the Val in his universe love the most. So it's gonna be hard to say, you might have a hard time pinning down one of the tzaddiki to say, what's your favorite yankah? Avril nice, uh the is for sure the favorite yankah of the Tzaddik Every single time that world that they spend with Hashem, is madly in love with Hanukkah. Hanukkah is the big yankah. The truth is, only a matter of a few days ago, there was a great yankah in this which is case Kislev, that was the day that's considered to be the Rosh Hashanah, the Rosh Hashanah of Tzaddik of Shem and that's just a few days before Hanukkah. So Hanukkah is considered to be a yontif which the seed is going to love me. And so that's what I want to speak about just for a few minutes, why is that? Why does why is the Baal Shemtiv love Hanukkah so much? What does it tell us about the Baal Shem? What does it tell us about Hanukkah? So it's like this. You know, there's a, there's a well-known letter from the Baal Shemtiv that he wrote to his brother-in-law Gershon Kittin. The Baal said that it was Ashur Baal Shem Tov had what's called Aliyah's Neshama. He sent his Neshama back up to Shemayim, and he went from chamber to chamber, from place to place, from tzadik to tzadik, until finally Baal Shem Tov met Moshiach Tzintenu, he met Mashiach, the soul of Moshiach. And he asked Sheikh the famous question, Erosai Kaos when is Moshiach coming? When are you coming? So Moshiach told the Baal Shem, when you're tyros, when your are springs." wellsprings, Go forth, right? And the whole world is overtaken by tarsus seeds. let's understand, on a deeper level, the meaning of this the follows, you know. Igmar says at the end of Saita that the time right before Shia comes, the side of impurity is extremely powerful. Extremely powerful, human potent. It fights against Kedusha very, very strongly. We all know, like, uh, the most dangerous animal is a cornered animal, right? An animal that's that doesn't that doesn't feel like it has any escape, that has nowhere to go, that's an animal that's extremely dangerous. So if Mashiach is right around the corner, when Mashiach comes, it means the Sahara means the other side is completely done. It means before Mashiach comes, their back is against the wall, and they're fighting tooth and nail for survival. And therefore says the Gemara at the end of the Sahasita, that Igras is the Mashiach before Mashiach comes, but uh, Taiwan is all the weapons in the arsenal of the other side are being used. Big, big Thomas. big, big klepas. So if Tarsa, if Tarsa Shem, if, tar- if Chsedis is what is what's going to break through and bring Gaula, then it must be that Tarsa Chsedis, the way of Bal Shem, is the antidote and the way for us to overcome all those klepas, right? All those impurities, all those Thomas that that are being thrown at us at the end of time, these big monsters and nightmares. It must be that Sarah Hasidis is the answer to all of that. And because Tarzan will take care of all those demons and monsters and dragons, and <laughs> so maybe we'll be able to then have the shif. So here's the question. How does Tara seedis answer these problems? How does Tara Hasidis come and deal with all the problems that exist in Igras of the Every single, like I said, every single weapon that even the other side was embarrassed to use over the years of Galas. And it was machined these last few days before Meshav comes. It has no choice. It's a matter of survival. So it's using everything it can, as crazy as it might be, as difficult as it might be. And Taras de Hasidus is the antidote. How? How? How could you have one medication, How could you have one, one Indian one pill, in Tars to Hashem, it takes care of all the problems. <coughs> so it's like this. What was the Balshemtu's name? Balshemtu's name was Israel, right? So there's a tradition. There's a tradition by the in The following idea. That why was the soul of the Balshemtu sent to the world at that time? So the tradition is like this. If the Jewish people at that time fell into a deep, a deep sleep. That's the way it's described by the tzaddikim. A deep sleep, a very very deep sleep. And there's a Messiah There's a tradition that we have that if a person is in a very deep sleep. So how do you wake them up? So you can do it aggressively. You kick him and punch him and pour water on his head. But if you want to do it in a more gentle way, so if you just like, you know, slightly tathom, him, might not work. you got to wake him up. So how do you wake a person up in a gentle way? So it's a tradition from the tzaddikim, but the way to do it is as follows. You go to his ear, and this is tested improvement. You can, do, you can do this. You can do this to awake person too sometimes. You go to his ear, and you whisper his Hebrew name. You say his full name, and the person will wake up. So the tradition is as follows, the Jewish people, by the time of the Al as they entered into that future, that time period, which is called Ibaz we all fell asleep. Fell asleep. Doing a lot of things, but we ramish asleep. Ramish asleep. Not just a little bit of sleep, deep slumber, nomesh at so the wants to wake us up. How does he wake us up? So God forbid, there could be, he could wake a person up aggressively. Revotashal doesn't want to do that. So wakes us up to Brahmin. How so? By sending Yisrael Baal Shem into the world. And what the Baal Shemter does to the Jewish people is that he whispers into our collective ear our name. And by us hearing our name, which is Yisroel, the name of the Jewish people, that's the name Israel the Baal Shem Tov whispers his name into our ear, the Jewish people wake up. That's what Baal Shem Tov did. That's why, you know, when the Baal Shem Tov was in, in his time, so in his early days, before he was known as the uh, as Baal Shem Tov, so he would be traveling around, and he would, he would be like a miracle worker. People would come to him, they were sick, this problem, that problem, You write a kameh, an amulet. He'd write a kameh for you, and he send you on your way, you'd have a <clears throat> so it's well known that at that time people that wrote Khimayas were always questionable. This was right after Shah Tzvi, it was uh, you, you 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 made it you, you were already being watched when you wrote Khamayas. So Nice Ghost and was writing Khamayas, so one of the great Sadiq, the, the great Vidalyadar at the time, confronted him and said, Listen, you know, it's not our messy, we're gonna do this and they started questioning him. So Baal Shemda said, listen, you, you want to know what it says on my kameh? I'll tell you. Usually what a kameh has is names of Malachim, names of Hashem, high things. Baal Shemiteh said, take a look at one of my kamehs. You open the kameh, what did it say? You Baal Just Just so said his own name. That's the great the great seek of Baal Shemda, is to whisper a person's name into their ears. What does this mean? And how does this solve all the problems of the and So here's the Nefut. The Nefut is as follows. When a person is asleep, and they fall into a very, very deep sleep. So there's such a thing that a person can be asleep, and all of a sudden they have nightmares. All the night a person can have nightmares, night terrors. You can have very, very strong and very intense nightmares. And then the nightmare, you're being attacked by animals and, 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 and monsters, and who knows what's going on in your dream. So the guy's Namish in itsar, he's Namish in a very, very bad place. And he needs to get out of that. So how do you take him out of that? Do you have to go in and slay all the dragons? Do you have to go in and get rid of each every monster? The answer is no. He has to wake up. He just has to wake up. And how do you wake a Jew up? Do you go and take shovels and take away sleepfulness? No. You don't have to take away the dragons because the dragons don't really exist. And you don't have to go actively and take away sleepfulness because what is sleep? Being asleep just means you're not awake. In that vacuum, in that emptiness, when a person, is, his consciousness is not is not in the forefront, and the person is asleep, in that emptiness, so now you can have monsters and dragons and all sorts of zachen to make a person a But the solution is not to fight the monsters. There are no monsters. And the solution is not even to, to try to take away being asleep. There is no such thing as being asleep. It's not a it's not a thing. All you have to do is to bring the person's consciousness to the forefront. Just wake him up and then what happens is, automatically all the monsters and dragons go away because they never existed to begin with. What is the antidote to the Mashiach? This last time before Mashiach comes, there's so many nightmares. The answer is, if you're trying to get rid of each and every aspect of the nightmare, you're never gonna be able to do it. First of all, there's too many of them, and second of all, they don't really exist. So you're just wasting your time. It's just futile. What's the answer? You need the answer is that the person the reason why they have nightmares, the reason why they're being attacked by all these problems, like this machine, is because they're asleep. So now you have to re yourself. So how do you wake a person up? You don't wake a person up by taking a shovel and shoveling away sleepily. The way to wake a person up is by waking them up, by whispering their name, by talking to them, by talking to their soul, by reminding them they have a soul, by reminding them that they have a piece inside of them that's beyond anything that they could possibly imagine, that they're bigger than they think. The space that they take off is deeper than they think. Don't ignore the nightmares and ignore the rooms The Indian is to wake a person up. Once a person is spiritually conscious, then there's no room for sleepfulness and there's no room for nightmares. Everything else takes care of itself. The greatest tikkun before Mashiach comes is to stop fighting against all the specific problems before Mashiach comes. A person has certain issues psychologically, emotionally, physically, spiritually, and you can get caught up in it. It becomes a quicksand and you can't get out of it because you're constantly hocking and shining about their yana stop talking about you're a and then just wake up. When a person wakes up and they're more spiritually conscious and they begin to think about God and they begin to think about themselves vis-a-vis God, then guess what? Then all of the you that come now seem to be un- insurmountable manias, are revealed to be the truth, which is they simply didn't exist. What's amazing about our generation is, is that every single person in our generation feels is only manias unbelievable obstacles standing between you and being an ever Hashem. The truth is, there are many years. But the other truth, the other side of the point is, it's all belonging. It's all belonging. All these many and all these obstacles that stand between you and being a Jew that you know you have to become and you will become, as Hashem, it's all nightmares and illusions that come from a vacuum of not being spiritually awake. For when a person is conscious, when a person talks through a punishment, when a person thinks of themselves as bigger than just who they are at the age of 20, whatever it is, or younger. You imagine yourself as being a, a person that has the blood of Anubis and Yaakov flowing in your veins. When you when you see yourself as that, then all of a sudden the Klinechai, Ovitus and Meshich are shown for what they are, which is below, it's only in This is why the Valshem loves Hanukkah. Because you know what Hanukkah is? Hanukkah is, you take a climb, Hanukkah is by the last Yontif before Mashiach right? It's the, the last of the holidays. During times of the second Beis Hamikdash Chanukah is a yontif that's giving us the strength to carry us through all the way to Purim. And what is Chanukah? Chanukah is at a time of non It's a time of sleeplessness. It's at dark at night. And the zman of Chanukah is. When do you light the Chanukah candles? The Torah says as long as the as the are in the are in the shuk. In we know we're a clan we're a tribe of people. You know, the Ish-betsu said, he proves from Hugh and and Yudemars and that this group of people, the Tamar Doi, they were the last people in the street, and that's what Hanukizman is, the light when they're there. These group of Tamar Doi were people that were chasing hell-new Jewish women for intermarriage. They're the embodiment of every of the, everything that's wrong with, with, with Ekels the, with the, and with the, with the lack of barriers between Christ and Ramos, where everything is falling apart, the represent that. So what do you do at the night of Hanukkah to battle the great demon that's called the feet of the ta'amudoi and the great demon that's called the you know what you do? You don't start taking weapons and go start in the streets and start fighting. You know what you do? You light a candle. You light a candle. More and more and more and more. And then all of a sudden, by just finding yourself, by finding yourself, and rediscovering your spiritual wakefulness and identifying yourself as more than just a human being at a, you know, in 2022, stuck in Srinayana. Not stuck in Srinayana. You think you're a human being. You're a piece of divinity walking on planet Earth. That's what you are. When you see yourself like that, then everything else is plain kai. But well, I'm going to be worried about the abundant and, and ragla of You know what I am, and so you know that a v'hailech. Just wake up, wake yourself up, start thinking bigger, define yourself as something bigger than just a small human being that you thought you were until now. And eventually you'll realize that everything that you thought as a mania is b'chal, just the meiyes. It's just in the audience. That's what the Belshazzar was Hanukkah. Because Hanukkah is a great lesson about how to deal with darkness. And you know what you do with darkness? You don't start taking a shovel for fear of darkness. Because darkness doesn't really exist. The way to deal with darkness is by adding light. That's it. And when you add light, then it's revealed what it always was. Which is there was nothing else there. Especially nothing else there. Let me tell you a quick story. I'll end with this. And then we'll get to the main event, which is hearing more of to the Tzaddik. So Besides the at thank yous, those are really you want a okay? Anyway, so, I'll tell you my son. I tell this over a, shul a couple of weeks ago. It's a Hanukkah to Gemaisus. There was a chassid from Remendel Rimenover. I think it was Remendel Rimenover. This chassid, yet Indian, that every year, he would Gemaisu Nefesh. Every year, he would, would be by the first night of Hanukkah by Remendel Rimenover first night he would do the you he, he would watch the Remendel ribbon of his adlaka. So it came a particular year, and the day of the day, when he was about to, to start traveling, a huge snowstorm set into his particular shtetl. And it was not just cold, and freezing, the snow was, it, was, it was not as dangerous to travel, not as dangerous. To so his wife and his family told him, you know, your uncle, he, he, he can't, he can't, he, he, it's Bukuch <speaking> Nefesh, <in> he can't do it. It's Bukuch Nefesh. So he can't go to the Rebbe this year. And so he said, he said to his Rebbe, oh, I me, I can't live, I can't imagine living without seeing the first Allah of the I can't. It's Bukuch Nefesh Ruch, for me can't to the So he's going, fine. It's her ghost. Uh, this Hasid ghost, he's traveling to another Rebbe. And on the way there, he realizes that he's talking about Pukot fish. And there's a whole whiteout. and the Imams can't travel, and he's stuck, and he's going the Dermot. And he's in the state of Imamish Pukot Daphish, and he starts calling out to Rabbi Hashem, please, I, I pull myself, as, it's crazy, but I'm doing this, you know Rabbi I'm not doing this for me, I'm doing this to the Makash Myself for the Sadiq. So please, Rabbi Hashem, help me. And Rabbi out of nowhere, he notices out of the corner of his eye a cave, a shelter. So he runs into the cave just to get out of the blizzard. And when he goes into the cave, he realizes it's a very deep cave. And he keeps on going further in, and he sees at the end of the cave, there's a glow. There's a glow coming from deeper in the cave, as if there's a light. So he follows the light, and he goes there. And he goes into this inner chamber of the cave, and he sees, when he enters into that inner chamber, that it's a huge space, and it's filled from bottom to top with wicks. With cotton wicks. The whole... Thing hundreds of thousands of wits, millions of wits. And he sees this old Jew sitting at a desk. He's making wits. <coughs> a strange sight. So he goes over to the Yid, and this old man, this old uh, tzadik of a person looking, he says, says who, who are you? What are you doing here? So he says, my name is uncle, whatever it is. I was traveling from for the first night of a look, and I got stuck in the blizzard, so I came in for shelter. And who are you? And what is this place? So he says, I am Atasioka and And these are the wicks. This a wick for every Neshama, for every Jew. And when Shia comes, these wicks will be lit up. So he said to the seed, he said, you're going through a Mendel and When you get to a mendel, tell him that I'm already sitting here for a long time. It's time for a to light one Neshama. And once one Neshama gets lit up, it's just a matter, they're all going to ignite. You tell that to Remembe. He snaps his fingers. The next moment, this Yomkin is sitting in the base medrash in Rimanov, right in front of Rimanov, where as he's holding the shamash, ready to fight that law firm. Remembe looks at him and he says, you have a message for me? He's like, yeah. But this Yomkin told me to tell you that you have to light the shamash up. you light the shamash up, all the shamash will come in. This is how the law firm. With that, you the kingdom the Hanukkah. That's the Hanukkah. Is, don't be afraid of the machine. Don't be afraid of yourself. Don't be afraid of all the young that's around you, because it's all dimming. Nothing is as powerful as a Jewish soul. Nothing in the universe is as powerful as a Jewish soul. Hashem Shah Blah says the younger as he light the candles and he looked at the candles, Shalom, that you should be that first in the Shaman to be ignited. And that all the, the Shams will be ignited off of your flame. And Mishim comes. And you're going to think to yourself, you're going to be in the back of the line to greet face we the face of Mashiach. Then you pull it all the way to the front. Mashiach's going to say, oh, you're the one who did it. Meshit. One is so, that's what it takes. Meshit, she each of them one of us. The God will be ignited when God will be the front of the light of the press of Meshit. The light of the And which we will be the beginning of the scene of the build of that promise of the Emei Seqoosimah Meshit Buzma is the Buzma is the Buzma. Giyasquot Tzedek and here we make it Hashem.
0: Leila, Chameh, Rachim, Bala, Yah. Yeah. yeah.
3: The ground, that fuels it, and then it's able to take off and fly into the sky. So you have to find the oil on the ground. It's not about generating oil, it's so about unearthing your oil, though, was always a natural resource within the use for space Dark outside, but it's
1: light in it dark outside, but it's hard.
3: The, the Gemara in Megillah says, the kids are going to sing something, but it's going introduce, the Gemara says that a lot of not good things come upon the person, which means that if you're learning Chumash and there's no melody, and you're learning Gemara without a Negin, without a Zimra, and then... Um, it's not really the way it's supposed to be done, it's missing, it's missing the ikhm. So it's such a special thing that that there's so many in the gun and coming from a yeshiva because they, they go together, they go together. They're not the same thing, but they complement each other. And the last thing I want to just say is that the, the, the Shulchanan Eich says that you know, what takes a su'udah to being just a regular meal, to being a next level meal, su'udah, one. Even if you're not going to see him, or see him uh, you know, see him, uh, singing the good and the high, the Svahala. It's like What a special thing. Because by you guys singing, we're really taking it to level two of the singing. Because it's not just us on the stage singing. Now it's the Roy Vaughan we're singing. Now, now you guys are awakened to the song. We're excited to hear you guys sing. A silence. A little
0: bit, a little bit oh, no. <laughs> 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 My father, Abiyah, a gift me and my siblings. Hanukkah always was here from a young age. And very, very, one, a big reason that was very special is yearly my father would pull out a hymn of the accordion, specifically Hanukkah. And that was the time every single year Hanukkah's accordion came out. And beautiful songs we sang, there was a specific song we sang once a year. A song the thanks to Hashem, specifically on Chanukah, went perfect, that my father would bring out. i be very distrusted and play it. So, HaKar that I owe my father for handing me Chanukah is endless, but we have a funny custom where we pay back with music. We treat people and thank the music. This song that we love in Yeshiva, we sang before, my father's childhood friend, he was at my Bar Mitzvah Baruch Chait. his grandson now learns in Yeshiva Baruch Chait, and he composed seemingly, it's amazing, the power of song. Many, many years ago, over 40 years ago, he composed this song, and it sat there waiting, and now we're singing across the world. I went to a place to sing, to speak,
1: <laughs> they
0: came to hear singing, for sure. I said, I want to teach you a song. And everybody listened. They all smirked. I didn't get the joke. I didn't hear my voice was it. The mice said, The joke was all 300 knew the song from the February here. So I want a gift to give my father, we can all sing Hashem Ali Rap to everybody. It. My father's friend composed this song. Don't rush very, very
1: slowly.